0: blessed to have a great music program in this church. and When you come together to worship, there's always preparation that goes into that presentation. I'm thankful for it. I know you are too. I noticed that Paul sat in the preacher's chair. I don't know whether he has aspirations or not. But I know one thing, you asked me if I wanted to sit there, and I said, no. (laughs) Anyway, I'm glad to be home. Glad to be back with you, and I pray that your preacher has some rest. Every one of them needs it, and we encourage them to take it. I want to tell you one of the best things I know about this day at 10 o'clock this morning in Mobile Alabama Spring Hill Baptist Church had a preacher preach in view of a call to become pastor. We've had an interim pastor over two years and I look forward to this coming time because I've had a chance to meet him and know him He's 39 years old, earned doctrine, sharp as he can be. And I told him, when you stand in that pulpit, you preach that book. Those people want to hear what God says. You know, I'm doing something this morning that most preachers should not do. That is, I'm stealing a sermon. But I'm stealing it from Jesus. So I think it's current, I think it's relevant, I think you'll go away saying, that was the word of God. Scott Peck wrote a book. Am I sorry? Evidently you can't hear me and I do want you to hear me. Is that better? Good. Scott Peck wrote a book on the road titled The Road Less Traveled. And in that book, he said, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled. And that's made all the difference. Every one of you listening to me preach this morning is on either the road that leads to life eternal or the road that leads to death. That's not something I invented. That's something Jesus said. You accept Christ as your Savior, and you receive eternal life, which is the present possession and a future hope. But if you don't accept the Lord, you will not spend eternity with him. If that's narrow-minded, that's exactly what the Bible teaches. John Oxenham wrote this. To every man there openeth a way and ways and a way. And the high soul treads the highway and the low soul treads the low. And in between on the misty flats the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway and a low. And every man decideth the way his soul shall go. Many of you have stood like I've stood on the hills surrounding the Sea of Galilee where Jesus delivered this very sermon. You've had a chance to visit the geography of the times, and I hope that you had somebody read to you from the Sermon on the Mount at that particular time. In this sermon... Jesus describes all of life in terms of two gates and two roads. It's a very simple thing, thinking it first. But after more thought, it's a very profound thing. Jeremiah said it first, so Jesus might have taken it from Jeremiah. Listen to this. And unto the people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Isaiah picked up on the same thing, and that I hear shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when you turn to the right hand, when you turn to the left. Now the gate... To the life eternal way is Jesus Christ himself. He so often talked about things that everyone there would understand, but we might not unless we know the history. He talked about being the shepherd of the sheep. And he said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. You don't drive sheep, you lead them. They followed the voice of the shepherd. And at night, out from Jerusalem, they would have rocked enclosures. And in the Holy Land, there is abundant rocks. You, if you ever go, you'll see them, you'll know what I'm talking about. Well, a sheepfold was made of rock, and it had an opening which he would refer to as the door or the gate. But at night in that sheepfold, the shepherd would build a fire and he would sleep in the opening. He literally was the door to the sheepfold. And the only door to the way of life is Jesus Christ Himself. You must accept Him, trust Him, believe in Him. That's what He said listen to john 10 i am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh to the father but by me that's what the bible says that's the description if you're trying to keep notes in your mind Let's move to the danger, for it's always there, the danger of taking the wrong road. I'll never forget traveling from Montgomery, Alabama, to Shreveport, Louisiana, or to Elator, Arkansas, where Marjorie's folks live. And we would always go at night, some of these people this year, they, they wouldn't realize that Everybody didn't have air conditioning when we were traveling. So we traveled at night because it was cooler. Another thing, kids went to sleep in the car. One of mine was up there near the window, which would be a terrible thing now, but one of them (laughs) slept up there. One of them slept on the seat. One of them slept on a beach in front of the seat. Well, the way you go, you cross all of Alabama, go into Mississippi, go through Jackson, go through Vicksburg, then you get to Louisiana and you cross the Ouachita River, O-U-C-H-I-T-A, Ouachita River. Then you turn north and there's a road that parallels Highway 80 up there from Bastrop on the east to Farmerville on the west. Well, everybody in my car was asleep, sound asleep. When I came to that T, I turned to the right. Eased that new Oldsmobile 88 up to traveling speed again. My wife got up, looked out the window. She said, you're on the wrong road. I said, go back to sleep. <laughs> well, a little bit later, I saw a sign to Bastrop, of all places. In the east, I was supposed to be west. So I slowed that old mobile down, took the first crossway I could take, got on the other side, eased it back up to 65, punched that button, and kind of relaxed. Marjorie never looked up. She said, I told you you were on the wrong road. (laughs) Every one of us has had that experience. It may be a funny thing now, but it wasn't necessarily funny then. But to get on the wrong road in life is an utter tragedy. Now, let me tell you something about that road. It's enticing. The devil's no fool. Everything on that road appeals to you. And if you want to be, listen to this, where the crowd is, it's on the wrong road. Jesus said there'd be many that find it and few that find the narrow road. But it is enticing. All those folks on the road look alike, think alike, eat alike, ride alike. Everything they do is like everybody else likes to do it. Like teenagers today, the wrong road is enticing. The second thing about that wrong road, there's no restraint on it. Nobody has any rules. You can just do whatever you want to do and be happy doing it. And the devil says you'll enjoy it. Might as well go ahead and do what everybody's doing. The third thing about that is it leads the wrong place now let's be honest it allures us no doubt about that and i think of moses when i think of that moses turned all this down and here's what the bible says about that choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, the end of that road is destruction. The only thing about a road is where it leads. I don't care how good it is, how wide it is, how smooth it is. It's where it leads. That broad road leads to destruction. The lifestyle destroys people. While they travel. I think of that often. When I think of Noah. And Moses. And Samson. And David. And Peter. All of whom got on the wrong road. For a while. And they paid dearly for it. The road. That leads. To destruction. When asked. If I asked most people here, where would you like to go, to heaven or hell? They would all say heaven. But saying it's not enough, you've got to get on the road, the road that leads to heaven. That's what Jesus said, and that's what I'm commissioned to preach. I don't like to preach it necessarily, but I know it's necessary. You heard it a minute ago. Listen again. Not every everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied, preached in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils? And in my name done wonderful works, and then will I profess, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That lends me to talk about a dilemma. How are we going to know what road we're on? How can we be sure we're on the road that leads to heaven? Well, appearances are deceiving. Jesus spoke of ministers. Now, ministers who were wolves in sheep's clothing, standing behind the holy desk, preaching the Bible. But they're not real. They're not genuine. You know, we live in a day of imitation. Imitation hair, for example, I thought about that a lot. Imitation flowers, you can smell those silk flowers and smell the beautiful odor from them. And I'll tell you the truth about this imitation we've eaten so much oleo, we don't like butter. That's the problem with the imitation, it's appealing but in the end, it's not satisfying. They got all over one of these pro football players. This is a true story about taking a cooking school. I mean, all he heard was their griping and laughing and criticism about being in this cooking school. So he invited a lot of them to a a Friday night gathering, and he served them dog food on crackers with a slice of pimenta and a little jalapeno pepper. I'm told it was a howling success. (laughs) We've got to learn the imitation from the real. Now, staying on that road is disastrous. So, we've got to know where we are, and we've got to listen closely to people that stand behind this desk. Speech can be deceiving. Elmer Gantry really lives, according to Jesus, in some pulpits. We better think about that. Their preaching sometimes is eloquent, but their lives are disastrous. Success in the ministry can be deceiving according to Jesus. That scares me. Some preach. They exercise demons. They heal the sick. Over there in the book of Revelation, there's a church by the name of Sardis. If you talk to anybody in the town where Sardis was, man, they'd say, that's a going Jesse. People are there all the time. The lot's always full of cars. Every service is running over. But success in the ministry is not necessarily success in life. You know what Jesus said? Thou hast the name that thou art alive, but thou art dead. I preach a good sermon on that on dead churches and delayed funerals. They're out there. Jesus said it. And I believe it. We must recognize the lordship of Christ. Is this nation on the wrong road? If you want to know my opinion, the answer is yes. It's a strange thing. Because the people that formed this nation carved out of a wilderness, a haven for freedom. And God and love and justice. And I'm afraid that our people today fail to see some of the truth that those people literally gave their life for so we could enjoy it today. I'm a veteran, and I'm going to say something some of you are not going to like. I believe, if we got into a major conflict today, we don't have the young people who would step forward to say, here am I, use me. That's a scary thing to think So we've got to make a decision. How do you do that? Well, you think clearly in the beginning. You analyze things. You reach down deep and you say, Really, this is not satisfying. And I want to go to heaven. If that's so, you must think correctly. But secondly, you must act correctly. Again, I want to read you from the Bible. If anyone publicly acknowledges me as his friend, I will openly acknowledge him as my friend before my Father in heaven. But if anyone denies me, I will openly deny him before my Father in heaven. In Bolivia, in La Paz, which is located at 13, 12,000 feet, There's a road down to the rainforest. In the Spanish, that road is El Camino de la Muerte. It's the road of death. You can be on that road and think everything's right, but the destination is death. When I was a lot younger, I bird hunted Regularly. I grew up doing it with my father. And I had the dogs in the car and had my son Jeff in the car with me. And I came to Lounsboro right down the road. And I turned to the right and I went through the little village of Lounsboro and was on a road that I felt was the road to Buster Meadows. I'd been there before with Frank Hickson, the, the mission director for our association. But just to be sure, I stopped on the side of the road, and I asked a man, is this the road to Buster Meadows? You know what he said? Yes, sir. You goes right where you's headed. Let me tell you something. That's exactly true of every one of you listening to me preach. You go right where you're headed. So I ask a question. Are you on the right road? Let's pray. Father, There's nothing more important than being on the right road. And I remember, Father, as a little boy that I decided to get on that road. I accepted what the preacher said and asked Jesus to come into my heart. And that's made all the difference. I prayed. That would be true for every person here and every person listening on the radio. In Jesus' name, amen. you are going to stand in a moment and sing the hymn probably on which 80 or 90 percent of us made a decision. As a young evangelist, I saw that. We're going to sing that same hymn I responded to as an eight-year-old boy. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you've never gotten on the right road, I want to encourage you to step out and come. Let's stand together and sing just as I am.